I said settle down. That's better. Barley boys, get to it. Welcome to Sleeper Island News. We are your host. I am Liliana. And I'm Blix the Log Goblin. We're going to give you the news from the adventure logs from the last two weeks so you illiterate pink meat sacks don't get killed out there. Blix, word choices. What? <clears throat> Anywho. Now it's time for logs. Boris, bring me the logs. Uh, get in logs. Get in logs. Uh, here. Very good boy, Boris. Now off you get. Let's see. Our first story tonight is... Lord Gauntemort and the Cursed Corcruxes. Corcruxes, that's a funny word. So, this one is a doozy. I don't know if you have been following the story of that crazed wizard Lord Gauntemort, but apparently some of our brave adventurers have found a way to end him. Once and for all, hallelujah. However, they need to collect and destroy these items called coral cruxes before they can do the unaliving, as the young ones say. The most recent update on this is from Jin. They reported that they and their party found information about the last coral crux and that it was with some bandits. And from some time or Susie or someone, they learned that the Fae in the Forest of Thorns knew where the bandits had gone. They brought some golden apples as gifts for the fae as well. Well, how kind. Apples, huh? Though my great Nana Floretta always said pie was the best neighborly gift. Well, they give the ingredients for a pie. It's the thought that counts, I suppose. Anywho, after crunching on some fancy car bandits and getting that last crooks, which was a ring, by the way, they finally faced the perfidious lord. After risking life and limb, they mucked that dastardly fella, and riding on that luck on the way back, they had a run-in with a white dragon that unfortunately, you know, got beast-slapped in the face by an ice giant. Unfortunate for the dragon, fortunate for the adventurers. And they also drink from a curious well. That must have tasted rather musty. Oh well, all's well that ends well, ain't it, honey? Lixie, what you got for me? Alright, looks here like Nubu's been listening too closely to that fat little gnome that's been wandering around. He claims to have heard tales of lizard people living up north in the jungles. The tales are apparently convincing enough to send him and five others off in search of them. As you might expect, they didn't find anything. He talks about an empty city with a few measly traps, but that's hardly evidence of an entire population of lizard people existing. I'm reading here that they did end up awakening some sort of golem. Must have been massive because he talks about it chasing them around and toppling trees on their heads. Blue died, which was kind of a downer. The party defeated the golem and decided to carry her body back. Talk about dead weight. Anyway, Nuba finishes by talking about how they were stalked by snake people, which sounds like another tall tale to me. You got anything over there? Poor thing. <laughs> dead weight, that's funny, Pixie. Anyway, the next door I have, I've titled Seeking the Horizon. Now let's see here. It is a tale of roadworking and dragon slayer. What a dakato me! A group of adventurers successfully built three sections of road going northwest of Port Morandia with no major injuries. Surprise, surprise! And this time, all the workers safely returned. And that dandy. 
We would think all those poor road workers were wearing red shirts from the way they kept on expiring. They had a little running with a were-tiger, but came out unharmed, only to be accosted by dragons the very next day. Then we came across some blue and white dragons arguing about land rights. What a funny thing for dragons to be arguing about, but once they saw the party, they started talking about an afternoon snack. If you get my drift. The highlight of this tale was that Shrieker the Kenku, becoming a dragon slayer twice over, but of a feather did not apply here, folks. And not to be outshone, local legend Honkers the Goose succeeded in scaring away a Tyrannosaurus Rex from the workers the very next night. Whew! I've seen that goose, even when it left messes in my tavern. I never did try to confront it. Something about its eyes. Liliana Tip, let a sleeping goose lie, unless you want your epitaph to read Goose Monked. Anywho, they finished up their time on the road and while going home, met that same ass giant that the other party did. Niffle, I think his name was. He was out looking for more dragons to aim. Too bad, brave Shrieker beat him to it. That's one for the birds, eh, Blixie? The apocalypse goose returns. I'm gonna eat that goose, you watch. Anyway, the Freeholds committed a lot of assets into clearing another of them devilish portals. They first went to harass the dwarves for info, which was obviously a waste of time. Let's go ask the people who live under rocks for information. Awesome. Amazing. Stellar work, crew. Anyway, they zip through time and space only to get smacked in the face by a bunch of giants. Serves them right if you ask me. Got anything over there? Well, all I know is that, again, you bring a pie if you go to someone else's house. I've seen my Aunt Floretta load off a magic wand. Not smack. But yeah, serves them right. My next story, though, is interesting. It's about a half-sunken shipwreck. Well, you'd think if it was a wreck, it'd be fully sunk, but apparently not. Now this next story might be interesting to you who are more seafaring. I can say that this landlubber is quite tickled as well. This story is brought to us by Numu, but bless his heart, it's a little hard to follow his report. The group Numu was traveling with was tasked to investigate a shipwreck off the eastern shore of Port Morandia. While they were out, they ran into some hobgoblins being chased by undead fiends. After dispatching the nasty creatures, the adventurers talked with the little hobs. Turns out they were from an ally clan. Now, sweet baby Nimu called them Gruff Grub. Hey, Bleeksy, what's up with the nomenclature on this island? Gruff Grub? Jub Jub? I think my tummy might need a rub rub with all of those names. Anywho. The Grandpa Hobbs gave the adventurers some advice on the shipwreck. Turns out they won't be the first ones taking a gander at it. According to the Hobbs, there was some cultists, you know, the gloom and doom, spooky in a cloak kind of folk there. The party made it to the wreck and ran into a guy that Numu didn't even try to name. Turns out the dead don't really need names anymore, now do they, honey? He did pull a book of the dead off the ironically now dead cultists. It looks like the reason the cultists were even investigating the ship was because there were some, guess you'd call it a man? And Numu described him as a half-squid, half-man, half-undead. Hold on. Poor baby, that did not, he did not do great in maths, did he? Mm-mm, mm-mm. That's too many halves. I digress. 
the gentlefolk with the varied origin was named Amrik. Turned out to be a right kind of fella, you know. Turns out he wasn't always a briny, kind of squiddy person and maybe tastes good with a dollop of butter. But he was cursed by a undead hollow witch, turning him and his crew into monstrosities. And then they had some giant crabs steal one of their sailors. After debating the wisdom of chasing an unknown witch or saving a missing sailor, they decided the better part of bravery was picking and choosing your battles. They did try to save that sailor, but unfortunately were not able to, since the crabs weren't giving back the sailor without a fight. You could say they were really shellfish. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. But in all seriousness, watch out for monster crabs when you go to the shore, honey. Lexi, what you got for me now, baby? I got a load of monster crap, that's what I got. Over the mountain and through the woods, into desert weather we go. A few brave souls, who shall go unnamed for fear of reprisal, ventured far, far away to thwart the efforts of the Talos Dwarves. Guided by some of the most trusted from Riho, they entered the enemy camp under the cover of night. A pitched battle was reported here with neither side willing to give ground. The final thrust was delivered by a creepy looking mage as he brought a nearby statue to life. Our heroes countered this attack, but not before the caster was able to slip away. Moral of the story, if you want to run from even our best, put something in front of them to punch. Real talk, if you want to join the counter Talos efforts, operations are ongoing. Back to you, Liliana. Oh my, that was, that was something else, Blixie. Anywho, our next story, I titled, Road to Ruin of Constant Sorrow. Don't worry, it's a, it's a little bit funnier than sad. Kinda, sorta. Anywho, now this tasty little tidbit is from the ripples of rumors about some, and I'm sorry, Blixie, goblin attacks. They ran into one of the party identified as Boulay. Now, I have no heckin' clue what that is, but the, apparently they seem to want it gone, and gone it did get. They bullied the boulet, and now it's hooray for the day. <laughs> oh my goodness, oh, he didn't know it. After following some ragged roots to a cave, they found a spooky statue of the ghoul king, Dorisane, known as the first ghoul according to Gorstag, and a menacing-looking iron gate that had a large skull on it. Spooky. Unfortunately, no one seemed to be home, except for some trash around the area. They only were able to find a message that read, Now I have my skeleton army, ho ho ho. Ho ho ho? More like, ho ho no. Now, who in the middle plains talks like that? Against what I would think to be better judgment, they decided to sleep in that spooky old rundown cave. Luckily, nothing seemed to cost them in the night. However, the next day... Not so much. After finding a poor soul strung up, one of the crew managed to speak with the dead and learned that he was a victim of those rumored goblin attacks. And you know how they say if you say a word thrice, a thing we were talking about would magically appear? Well, they must have said attacking goblin more than three times, cause that's just what they got. Apparently, they did their best, but their leader, Darthus, had to sacrifice his life to make sure the rest of the adventurers made it home safe. I'd say a joke at the end of this, but I feel like you should never really joke about bravery. Unless you want to, Blixie. A joke about bravery? Oh, let me at it. I had to read this one twice. A group of our freshest faces were lured out of town by an orc promising them coin. 
I hope our enemies are taking notes during today's log reading. <laughs> Thankfully, our novice adventurers weren't ambushed just outside of town. That came during the first night in the field. A massive armor figure strode into their midst wielding a flaming sword. One of their number, Stonks, deserves a medal for sacrificing his life to save the others. He leapt right into action, wrestling the figure to the ground. The others rallied around him and proceeded to beat the figure to death. Unfortunately, the muscly bird did not survive the curb stomping. I suspect a few of his greener party members let a few blows slip. Et tu, birde? The group, callous to the death of their friend, soldiered on, following Mr. Ork to the entrance of a small business. They found a distillery full of comparatively defenseless kobolds and began demanding some secret recipe. The entrepreneurial kobolds did not immediately cave to the party's ultimatum. Violence erupted. It wasn't even a semblance of a fair fight. I can't imagine why the people we meet here don't like us. Well, you got me, Blixie dear. Though, you know, I don't know what this adventure is I thinking. I swear to you, I saw a 12-year-old with a sword go out with adventurers not that long ago. But he came back looking like he was 20. Um, how? How, Blixie? I don't know. I'm just reading about this stuff and I already feel old. It's like we're watching a bunch of children running around. Oh my god, Bl Blixie, do I look old? Boris, get me a mirror. No. I don't have wrinkles, do I? Don't bother, Boris. She doesn't look a day over delicious. Let's wrap this thing up. Blixie, my heart, be still. Well, anyway, that's all the time we have for the program. We'll be back in uh, 14 moons with more delicious logs. I've been Blitz the Log Goblin. And I'm Liliana, his only friend. Wishing all of you a good night and safe adventuring from the Sleeper Island News Team. Now get, go away. Write me more logs. Go. Better hurry along, honeys. 